Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, sometimes better known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can find me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Hit up the show on Twitter as well at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, be sure to subscribe to us on all podcasts and streaming platforms. Leave a comment, give us a rating, all that good stuff. And we only want the good stuff. Uh, speaking of good stuff, I have a special guest on the show today, Bert Bouchard from Red Cape Sports. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Michael. Uh, it's always a great day anytime I can talk some hockey. So I'm so happy to be here and excited to get this rolling. Yeah, and it seems like talking hockey just doesn't happen as often as it used to during you know these COVID times. There's understandably some more important stuff that people usually like to talk about and without hockey actually being played there's not much to talk about um being said what we're going to be discussing today yes we're going to talk some hockey but pretty much we're going to be discussing something a little bit different uh perhaps it'll interest some of some of uh, the listeners out there maybe even awaken a little kid that lives inside them um, but bird and his brother mitch are youtubers and they focus on sports card investing which i happen to find really cool and, and hopefully uh you guys as the listeners do as well so that's pretty much what me and bird are going to be chatting about today and then we'll discuss uh discuss the nhl and some of the latest news the 24 team playoff format we'll kind of get his thoughts on that too um but first and foremost bird something that i want to ask you is what made you start investing in sports cards? did you make that transition into doing it as a hobby to becoming kind of a business of sorts well um it's funny that you mentioned that uh i was actually just speaking about this yesterday with mitch we were kind of trying to pinpoint how we actually even started getting into the hobby and um i think it all starts with uh actually receiving baseball cards from my father and one thing led to another and uh you know just living here in the great in the great north being canada um tim hortons hockey cards uh you know yeah. you go to tim hortons and uh whether you order your iced coffee or or you're just regular double double um once a year it seems like they always have those hockey cards um so you know i just received those hockey cards i think they're like three for a dollar or whatever it might be and uh my buddy goes man like you can really make some good money on these and i was like no i don't, I don't really think so but uh, one thing led to another, and then I hopped on eBay, and I was making some some pretty good money just uh, kind of flipping these sports cards, you know, uh, paying $1 for three cards, and ultimately those three cards led me to sometimes $10, sometimes even upwards of $50, depending on the card that you can get. So I knew that, you know, obviously there's some cards that I wanted to keep for myself, but more importantly, that there was also some some good profit to be made in. Um, you know, being a college student at the time, uh, studying journalism, I needed some money. And that's basically it. I started flipping sports cards and uh, I've, I've loved it ever since. Interesting. Ho- uh, Tim Horton's hockey cards is where you got your start. I wouldn't have thought that that would have been kind of the thing that, that got you going when it came to, to flipping cards. But it's true. You know, some people don't think that. But if you there's a couple of cards out there that in the Tim Hortons set that are actually worth a, a decent bit of money. And if people don't know that and they just kind of give them to you or or they sell them to you super cheap. Like, I remember I was flabbergasted the first time I saw 
one of the the jersey redemption cards go up on eBay and I think it was like Matt Duchesne he wasn't even you know a superstar in the league he's a good player but he's not a star and it was up for like $500 I was like what and it's just it's such a scarce card to get the the relics in that set that they're actually worth money and they're rather uh, expensive to to purchase which means you know the supply and demand it works well in in whoever has that card if they want to sell it off so it's 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 actually I wouldn't say it's probably the most uh, lucrative, maybe to to buy and sell the the Timmy's cards. But if you get the certain ones, I mean, you can make a, a good turnaround on on your investments. Um, so I myself, I'm, I'm currently making that transition, as I said, kind of into a, an investor like mindset now with cards. As as I'm older and and I understand the value of money, and unfortunately can't just mindly rip wax anymore like I used to when I was younger. Um, any tips for for some of the newcomers to the hobby who are maybe looking to to turn their collections into investments, whether it be long term or short term? Well, um, I'm glad that you asked that. Um, I, honestly, I think that one of the best tips I have is the following. While it's definitely fun to, as they say, rip wax, as in you know whether you go to Walmart or Target or wherever, even even your local uh, sports card shop, buying packs can be good um but i mean at the same time it's almost like uh searching for a needle in a haystack in in terms of wanting to make a big investment more times than not when you go to a store or anywhere to buy a pack of cards let's say you spend six dollars or even ten dollars on on a single pack you're likely not going to get that money back so my best advice is to actually hop online onto ebay and buy this specific card that you're looking for because let's say your budget is ten dollars you can actually purchase two pretty good cards that can very well go up in value and you're guaranteed to get what you want whereas you know you can absolutely find find some loose treasure uh trying to open up some wax but you're, you're just not guaranteed so my my best advice is to know who you want and then just go out and buy that specific card. Um, and that, again, is in a investment standpoint. What are some of the best card investments that you've made so far? Um, actually, I just made three major, uh, well, I wouldn't even say major investments, um, but specifically Young Gun cards. Young Gun cards mm-hmm. uh, are basically rookie cards. And uh, for those who, who may not know, uh, those young gun cards, when it comes to hockey at least, are the most sought after, let's say. Um, and I'll start with Miko Rantanen, uh, so a young 23-year-old right winger um, who has the the major luxury, let's call it, of playing with McKinnon and uh, Gabriel Landeskog. And I mean, he, he's been pretty good so far. His card is very cheap. Um, he's had 20-goal season, 29, 31. And I mean, even this season, he was still about a point per game player. Um, and his card can be purchased in raw format for non-graded uh, for right around 15 to $20. Um, so that's the first guy I picked up. The second one is Matt Kachuk. Now, again, I think it's really important to realize you don't have to like these guys. Like, personally, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a major fan of Matt Kachuk. Um, I don't think I there think, are outside of Calgary. <laughs> right. And... I feel like there is, you know, he certainly got what was coming to him, but I mean, you got to look at it in, in terms of numbers here almost. The guy is 22 years old. 
and people in Calgary will certainly love him. And I mean, last season he was a 34 goal scorer and goals are certainly going to grab you some money. And his card right now, uh, his young gun specifically is very cheap. It's, it's running around eight to $12 Canadian. Um, and I mean, that is a card three, four years from now could very well be 60, 80 plus dollars, at least in my opinion, depending on how he does. And maybe if he cleans up uh, and, and becomes more of a nicer guy on the ice. And um, finally, no, go ahead. No, no, no. You got the last one there. All right. I didn't realize uh, so that finally, you were still going. Yeah. Finally uh, is a young 24 year old in Braden point. Basically, mm-hmm. again, it comes down to goal scores and Braden point has always been a, a fantastic uh, player. Um, and he's always had, had an ask for, for finding the back of the net. Uh, last season, he had 41 goals. This season, again, was cut short, but around a point per game player. Um, his young gun card uh, in the raw format is a bit more expensive uh, in around 22 to 24 Canadian dollars. But again, I feel like Tampa finally, hope, well, at least hopefully um, for the sake of Tampa, <laughs> they, they should be able to get down uh, to at least an Eastern Conference Finals and a, a good playoff run will certainly see his price card rise. Oh, 100%. I think Braden Point is one of those guys who, um, you know, it's it's unfortunate that he plays. Well, it's not unfortunate. It's actually very fortunate that he plays on a team with so many great players like Stamkos, Hedman, uh, Kucherov, you know, so many great players, Vasilevsky and Net, that he's kind of the forgotten one on that team. But you could drop him in almost any other market, and he is an absolute star and the number one player on that team. 100%. All right, we'll get back to this conversation in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you guys about today's show sponsor, Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 20 flavors, including four brand new ones rolling out next week, some with nuts, some without. So there's a bar for everyone. They're soft, they're chewy, they're easy to eat. And did I mention that they're healthy? They're the go-to protein bar for health-conscious people who are looking to indulge in a delicious treat while trying to lose or maintain weight. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order and get this next week for memorial day sale for our brethren's down south built bar is offering an additional five dollars off every box of bars and on monday only they're giving away a free pack of built boost energy drink mix what a deal so remember use the promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com um so you mentioned grading actually uh, as part of your things that you were talking about when you're discussing cards and and the difference between you know raw cards and graded cards for those who are new to the hobby or aren't aware or want to learn a little bit more about them. Um, just discuss, I guess, the difference between raw and grading, and then the purpose of grading and how beneficial or detrimental it could be in, within the hobby. Okay, for sure. Um, so basically, when I say raw, that's when you open up a pack of cards. It's in a raw format. It, it is exactly how it was originally intended to be, hot off the press. It, it is raw. Um, and what I deem as gem mint, you might deem something else to be gem mint. But the great thing about uh, grading cards is the following. So you can send it off to a bunch of companies. Um, uh, I, I mean, the, the big two, I guess, are PSA and Beckett. Um, now, what both of these companies do, they'll slab the cards 
uh, and make them look absolutely gorgeous, absolutely pristine. Um, and, I, and also actually add some UV ray protection to it. So the card will not lose, um, well, I mean, the, the value can go up and down, basically the protection wise. You, you can drop this card and if they grade it on a scale of one to 10, 10 being this is absolutely flawless, there's nothing wrong with the card, and one being, you know, maybe, uh, maybe when you were a kid, you ran it through uh, your bicycle and, and it's damage. Um, and, and basically that's what it's about, right? It, it's so that investors, when they try to sell these cards, there's no guessing really uh, what shape the card is in or really anything like that. So um, the most sought after are going to be PSA 10s or BGS 9.5s. Um, and, and like I said, Michael, uh, it's just a really great way to eliminate all this kind of uncertainty and doubt in terms of what condition the card is in. And really quickly, that's, that's basically the best way that I can uh, uh, describe what it is. And I definitely recommend that people do the research before sending in the cards as well, because the mm -hmm. last thing you want to do, um, mind you, it can be pretty pricey to send in these cards. So, you know, if you do send in a card that's maybe not in the greatest shape, you can actually lose money in terms of value. Well, I can tell you that, you know, when I was younger, I definitely didn't think about grading or I didn't think about how cards would grade. And I kind of just thought like a card was a card. I didn't think about how much um, exponential value could be put on it based on condition. And it's funny actually watching your videos from Red Cape Sports and also Jeff Wilson, who you guys just had on. Uh, great interview, by the way. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Watched it last night. Um, you guys just had on your yours. He's from Sports Card Investors and is right now probably, I would say, kind of the mogul when it comes to sports card investing uh, content, whether it's YouTube or podcasting. Um, and, and between the two of you, like I've learned a lot more of how important grading is um, and, and something even as silly as centering uh, is something that you really have to look at. It's not as bad, I think in hockey as it is to, to other uh, sports and especially, um, you know, back in the nineties and eighties cards, if you're looking at more vintage stuff, but it, it is something that, that is really important uh, that a lot of people don't really take into, into mind when they're looking at and into buying cards. Yeah, for sure. Um, grading is, is, is something that, it, it's really hit or miss. Like, mind you, you can pull a card fresh out of a pack from a store or, or from a box or wherever you get it. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get a, an amazing grade. Like you said, there, there's really four different criteria. Um, and those four criteria being centering, which is really how well is the card centered. Um, and, and, and for centering... Well, for centering, it's funny because it's really it's totally out of your control. It's luck the draw, depending on how it was cut at at the the factory. Exactly, and <laughs> you know, my father actually showed me um, since Mitch and I started making the videos. Um, he came across one of his old uh, Wayne Gretzky rookie OPG cards, which is basically the most sought after card uh, in the hockey market, and you know, the centering was way off, meaning that the picture was basically all the way to the left. Um, mm -hmm. Now he did end up sending it to PSA and of course uh, he ended up getting a five, but it, it's kind of crazy because the difference between a five, that card's about $1,200. Mm -hmm. 
Now, if you were to even get a seven, and I'm actually looking at the sold listings as we speak, a seven is actually, uh, one just sold today actually for $2,200. So there's a pretty major difference um, in terms of grading. So uh, grading can definitely 100% boost, uh, you know, the value of the card. In conversation with Burr Bouchard from Red Cape Sports. Um, so let's let's focus a little bit on what's going on in the market right now. We haven't seen as big a spike in the hockey industry like we have in, in the NBA, MLB, NFL. And even soccer is really starting to, to pick up um, in North America. Do you think that we'll ever see the hockey market card, uh, the hockey card market grow to be as competitive as those other sports? Do you think it's maybe limited based on the smaller market since Canada is really its its largest uh, market, whereas in the States, it's kind of more, you know, the fourth or even the fifth market over there? Right. Uh, to be honest with you, and it absolutely pains me to say this, while I do think that the hockey market will grow, I do not think it will ever be as big as baseball, uh, certainly not football or even basketball in the United States. And the reason why I say that, it, it's crazy because, mind you, we, we have about, I, I think, a population of around 36 million here in Canada. And the yeah. United States alone is pushing close to 240 million. But uh, even just last year, um, I went over to the United States um, and uh, we did some shopping. And then afterwards, we went out at a restaurant. And mind you, this is 100% during the finals of the NHL playoffs, Stanley Cup finals. And the local bar chose to have women's high school volleyball, which, mind you, is, is very exciting. <laughs> but it, it just goes to show you how there's really not too much care for hockey. Um, even take something such as uh, the double the IHF World, uh, World Junior Hockey Championships. When it's held in Canada, Everyone's flooded there, and it seems like Canada is really buying into it. But it, almost any year when they have it in, in, in a country that's not Russia or a country that's not uh, Finland, there, there's almost nobody there in attendance. And, right. You know, and I just don't see hockey gaining that popularity. And, I mean, it, I, I might be wrong, but other than maybe Detroit, St. Louis, and certainly Minnesota, uh, as an entire state, hockey popularity just isn't there. Um, and it's only going to have to compete with sports like baseball when it comes back, sports like, uh, you know, UFC, which is another big growing sport, and obviously football. So uh, I know that it's a long answer, but I feel like that that's pretty important to realize that the market is going to grow 100%. It, it's just, you know, well, let's take a sport like basketball, for example. A guy like Zion Williamson, who's just played, uh, I don't know, maybe 12 NBA games, his rookie <laughs> card is all is already pushing, you know, $1,500, whereas a guy who's already established in hockey, such as Connor McDavid and even Alexander Ovechkin, their cards are pushing, you know, $900. So it's just crazy to see the, the difference in the market. And like you said earlier, supply and demand is huge. Yeah, uh, 100%. It's it's essentially what it chalks down to at the end of the day. And, and hopefully, you know, for, for my sake, for your sake, and for all hockey card 
hobbyists and, and investors, you know, these eventually cards do catch on a little bit more. And we do see a, a spike in the, in the hockey card market because um, I think that'd be really good for the growth. That just means that the, the sport is growing at the end of the day is exactly what that would mean. Um, right. Another really big thing too, is, is I think, it's it's not all too bad that it's not as big as the NBA because I think a big problem that you're having in the NBA now is is it's really difficult to start uh, to start really because now boxes that used to be you know 150 200 dollars are now selling for four or four fifty five hundred dollars to to even buy a hobby box and it's it's almost like impossible now to really get started on, on a low budget whereas hockey I think there's still like you can buy a series one every year, you know, it's going to come out. It's going to be about a hundred dollars to 120 bucks. And uh, it's, it's not, you know, the, the band isn't high enough to exceed that uh, for the first little bit. Obviously, if you know, you try and buy McDavid's rookie or Crosby's rookie year right now, that's going to be a little bit more money because you're chasing those big cards. But for the most part, when you buy it brand new hockey is still affordable where I feel like those other big sports are kind of becoming a little bit too expensive to invest in right away. Great point, Michael. Uh, 100% uh, great point with that. And I do just want to mention really quickly, too, uh, you know, for anyone who's even interested in starting, um, you can actually go to your local Dollar Tree. Uh, so not Dollarama. Um, Dollarama <laughs> will not sell them. But your local Dollar Tree will actually sell packs uh, where you can pull a Young Gun card for as little as like $1.25. Um, and a great friend of mine, so shout out to Rick James, he actually let me know of this. And the other day he was able to pull um, a young gun card of Jack Hughes. So no way. a little dollar twenty five. And mind you, you're not going to get that. Uh, you know, that's going to be very rare when you do that. But, you know, if you're just someone who's, let's say, 12 years old and you're really passionate and you're just wanting to start out into the hobby, that's such a great way of starting out. Oh, definitely. That's I actually never thought of that, to be quite honest with you. I think when I was younger, I used to buy some cards, but it seemed to always be base. But um, I guess there, if there's a shot that you can end up getting some young guns, I mean, for a dollar twenty five, that's that's, you know, high, high or uh, low risk, high oh, reward one, scenario. Right? Exactly. So that's not too bad. Not too shabby. Um of course, the main objective of the market is to try and, and be ahead of the game and try to project which players are going to start gaining value. Because at the end of the day, it's kind of a, a sports card flipping and investing is all about projecting the future and, and how much cards are going to be worth going forward. Um, what are some ways that you yourself have been able to do that? Um, the, the first way, and, and I know this sounds silly, but and it's funny because a lot of kids already do it. And that is playing NHL 20 or NHL 19 or whatever <laughs> it is. Right. And, and you slowly, but surely start to learn who these players are um, and even how young they are. So, uh, you know, a, another piece of advice, um, I, I, at least a piece of investing advice would be a young player like Sebastian Ajo. He, he's in a, he's in a pretty good team, at least in my opinion, but not a great market. Um, with Carolina Hurricanes. So Sebastian Ajo is less than 24 years old. Um, and again, he keeps finding the back of the net. So, you know, you just start playing these video games and you start realizing um, who are the players who are 25 years or younger, because that way they can still play an additional 
let's say, eight to 10 years, even more in the league, um, but they're still young now. So you can buy them before their card prices get expensive. Um, and then, of course, um, defensemen, unfortunately, unless you're a type of player like Eric Carlson um, or, uh, or Burns, defensemen, typically speaking, don't uh, sell well. So my best advice would be hop on uh, NHL.com, filter it through stats, and you can see who's consistently putting up the high points and just hop on eBay, you know, see, see uh, what their cards are going for. And obviously uh, if it's within your budget, maybe it's time to uh, quote unquote, pull the trigger and make your first investment. So I, I did take your advice and I did go and I checked it out to, to go and see, you know, if I could find a player who is, uh, is, you know, a couple of years into the league and is just starting to find his footing now and that I could try and find some cards for, for under $10, even maybe even under $5. And I found a player that uh, you, you didn't mention yet. I'm sure maybe you didn't mention him because you yourself are starting to buy up this card a little bit. Cause I also have seen over the last two weeks, since I started buying some of them, uh, it's did start going up a little bit. So I'm curious. It may be because some more people are starting to buy um, a player like Kevin Fiala uh, in Minnesota. You know, he was yeah. traded last year from Nashville kind of early this season. Uh, didn't get going quick enough ended up getting a few healthy scratches but then you look at the second half of the season he's been dynamite um the last 20 games of the year he's tied for second in the league in scoring with 14 goals 26 points in 19 games and if they do end up doing this 24 game format that would mean that the minnesota wild will make the playoffs and i think at right now if you're looking to buy players right now try and look at those guys who are going to be into the playoffs and playing hockey again this season just because if you're looking for a short-term flip i guess if you want uh, those guys are going to be the ones who are going to quickly improve their market value uh, as as opposed to waiting uh, till the following season a guy like maybe brady kachuk who's not going to play and not be top of mind so i think kevin fiala is one of those guys who i've been trying to buy up a little bit quietly um just because i think that that he's poised to to kind of break out as a, a top-notch player in this league absolutely michael um Kevin Fiala checks so many different uh, boxes for me. First and foremost, a young up-and-coming player, 23 years old, that not many people know of. Um, And more importantly, at least to me, he just got traded to Minnesota, and Minnesota loves their hockey. That's such a major market. And then the third uh, checkbox that he also checks for me, like you said, he's now going to be in the playoffs. Of course, uh, you know, assuming – that NHL does resume uh, rather than waiting for a player such as like a young Dylan Larkin, who's still, at least in my opinion, a great investment, but we're not going to see him for a few other months. So that investment, you're just going to be holding on to uh, for longer. So like you said, Michael, Kevin Fiala, absolutely a fantastic investment right now. And his card prices are very, very affordable. Yeah. I've, I've been able to pick them up for, for, anywhere from two to, to seven bucks a pop. And I've just been picking them up because I guarantee you these things are going to explode and, and they'll be, well, not explode, but I mean, they'll, they'll become $25 cards in no time and possibly even go up from there. But when you're only paying two bucks a card and you're making, you know, $22, $23 off each card, I mean, you're laughing. 
right? That's that's the point. It doesn't have to be hundreds of dollars of, right. of profit for each card. Just kind of got to chip away at it, you know, 15 bucks here, 20 bucks here, 30 bucks here. Next thing you know, you've made yourself a couple hundred dollars that month. And I mean, at the end of the day, for, for most people, it's not a full-time job. It really is just a hobby. Um, and, and the fact that you can make a little bit of pocket cash on top of it is just makes it all that more fun. Um, in conversation with Bert Bard from Red Cape, uh, Bert Bouchard, sorry, from Red Cape Sports. Uh, so you've mentioned a couple of times the fact that, you know, markets also kind of dictate some good value in cards. And you notice, you know, if with Fiala, the fact that he got traded to Minnesota, good hockey market, how that's going to make his card worth more money. Whereas Aho, it's maybe worth a little bit less money because he's not in a traditional hockey market. Um, why is that? And is there a market that kind of stands out to you that you think are, is pretty much if you see these cards out there, go buy them. Well, um, I guess that's kind of a, uh, a two part question. Um, the first question being, why is it that some markets or part of me that some players cards do better in certain markets than the others? Um, and I guess it just goes down to fan, uh, you know, appreciation. Uh, basically, any kind of original 16, so you're looking at your Rangers, uh, your Habs, uh, your Leafs, those type of teams, those cards are just going to do really well. Um, and, I mean, we kind of saw it even last year, right? Take, take a player such as Capo Caco and Jack Hughes um, taking first and second. Now, the difference is not only did one go to an original six, but one went to New York being Capo Caco. Um, and New York, you know, of course, no offense to New Jersey, but just a much larger market and therefore more interest in the card like that. Um, and then to answer the second part of the question, um, original six teams are certainly good, but if there's one that stands out, personally, I feel like it's Toronto. Uh, especially having not won a cup since 1967. <laughs> hey, don't um, rub it in. Come on, don't rub it in now. This is the Locked hey, on Leafs podcast after all. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm well aware of that, but the, the reality, <laughs> what, like, what I'm trying to get at here, Michael, is it's been a long time. And when the Leafs win a cup, and again, I did say when they win a cup, because it is going to happen. There um, you go. That young core, their, their card value is going to go up. Uh, and I mentioned it uh uh, in an interview with uh, Jeff Wilson uh, that you alluded to prior in this episode, but a guy like Austin Matthews, just a natural born goal scorer, his card is certainly going to go up. Mitch Marner uh, kind of being the, the Robin to his Batman and even William Nylander right now. Um, I've been trying to purchase William Nylander cards. Trust me. I really have been trying, but they've been going up in value. Um, still, uh, at least in my opinion, quite undervalued but they definitely are going up in value. And a market like Toronto, I feel like you can go almost anywhere in Canada and you will see someone in a Leafs sweater, jacket, um, jersey even. It doesn't really matter. Toronto is just so well-loved. And almost any player, maybe even a guy like Pierre Engvall, um, is, is a pretty good investment. So um, if you're loved in Toronto, you're also going to be loved in terms of the hobby market. Yeah, a player who I'm kind of surprised isn't worth uh, as much. Or I, I'm not seeing it being worth much, to be honest with you, recently. And that's um, William Nylander. I, or, yeah. sorry, Zach Hyman. 
I'm considering the season that Hyman has had this year. I'm kind of flabbergasted that you can still get his card for anywhere from, from like five, three to five bucks. Like it's, those are the types of cards that I think are worth getting. Cause it kind of checks a bunch of boxes. A he's a fan favorite he plays in Toronto. And he's a guy who looks like can be a 20 to 25 goal scoring threat each season. And he plays with Austin Matthews. <laughs> like it's like well, th- th- that's a pretty good buy. I think. Absolutely. Right. And, and now, I mean, he's never scored more than 21 goals uh, in a season. Uh, now, I mean, 21 in 51 games, like you said, that's certainly showing an upwards trend in his play. And of course, playing with Matthews uh, on, on that top line is going to help him. But if he even puts up, let's say, you know, uh, let's say they do end up playing Boston uh, in the playoffs and, and he scores the game winner, whether it be game six or game seven or whatever it might be, even in game one, if he does anything good in the playoffs versus almost anyone, but specifically the Bruins, you will absolutely see that $5 investment almost quadruple in price overnight. Yeah. Um, and again, that's largely due to the Toronto fan base and the Toronto market. People just want to have that history. So if he does score something like, uh, you know, an overtime game winner, definitely that's going to be a, a huge investment. Um, you're going to like 3x your money overnight. Any other Leafs on your buy now list? Uh, right now, uh, the main ones are in order, I guess, of, of favoriteness. Uh, Austin Matthews, but that card is mainly uh, very, you know, expensive. Uh, secondly, I do like Willie, Willie Meanlander. And also Pierre Engvall. Um, I feel like Pierre Engvall can definitely make some make some good strides this year. Um, but other than that, that that's about it. Uh, you know, being a New York Rangers fan, I try not to focus on the Leafs too, too much. Now, it's something we haven't talked about yet, actually, and you being a Rangers fan would be a good conversation to have about this. Goaltenders. What's it like mm-hmm. investing into goaltenders? Because, you know, Igor Shosturkin, uh, an up-and-coming absolute beaut of a, of a goaltender, I might add. Yeah, um, so his young gun came out this this year. And, you know, it's just I'm not sure where to, to, to price point it at because – you know, usually goal scoring is king when it comes to to hockey cards, and goaltenders don't really sell that. I mean, you can get like a Braden Holpe card for fifteen bucks, and and he's you know Vesna winner, gold medalist, Stanley Cup champion. So what's it what's it like investing into goaltenders? Is that is are those good buys or are those more of a eh, keep it for your PC? I don't think you're going to get too much on your investment there. Well, personally, um, the way that I like to view it is very much so like basketball in, in big centers. So a guy like Shaquille O'Neal, you know, multi-time, uh, even finals MVP, uh, champion. Uh, I mean, Shaq, right? You just say Shaq and you hear of him. His cards, yeah. quite honestly, they don't sell for too much. And I'm not sure what it is, but the market dictates in, in different sports, right? Quarterbacks in uh, – not to be mistaken with quarterbacks, but quarterbacks in football do very well. Wide receivers, not so much. Defensive players, not so much. And the same thing can basically be said about goalies um, in hockey. Now, it's interesting that you did mention Shesterkin. Uh, his young gun card uh, actually hasn't come out yet 
um, just because he kind of entered in the league a bit later. Uh, so his card will be coming out. Very interested to see where that card will start out in price point. But even a guy like like Elvis or, yeah, I, I mean, Elvis has done pretty well um, mm-hmm. with Columbus. And that card right now is only hovering around $25 Canadian. But meanwhile, a guy like uh, Hart out of Philadelphia, his card is going around 65 to $70. So it's really hit or miss. But... <laughs> I don't I mean, get that. I'll be honest. I don't understand the love for Carter Hart when it comes to his his Young Guns card. At sixty dollars, mm-hmm. especially when you look at like a lot of the other goalies around the league and established goalies, and it may be because you know he's still so young. But like, I feel like goaltenders they may start out hot in terms of card value, but then they kind of level off and they start to decline, and then they just kind of hover a little bit. And I use Brayden Holpe as an example of one of those players do. I think Carey Price might be the only goaltender in the last, I don't know, say 15 years or so, who's actually had a card that has stayed um, about you know, over into triple digits when it comes to his young gun. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like, uh, I mean, Henrik Lundqvist uh, might be another, I think $90 card even. And I, and I get it. You know, I am a bit of a Homer, but when you look at Lundqvist's resume outside of that, elusive stanley cup uh now i mean he's he's won uh, a gold medal um i i mean he, he he's already got what is it uh 50 career shutouts and he's done a lot in his in his career and that's what i'm getting at and despite having done all that his card prices still don't compete with even a guy like phil castle and it's it's crazy like and that's just I think a rather good lesson to learn. And, and I'm glad that you brought it up, Michael, mm-hmm. is that before you invest in cards, it is important to, to do the research because no matter how great a player is, you know, if he's a defenseman or if he's a goalie, you might want to think twice about it. Uh, in conversation with Burt Bouchard from Red Cape Sports, um, let's transition a little bit uh, outside of the hockey card realm and into the real hockey uh, realm. And, and quickly, while I have you here, I just want to ask you, and as a hockey fan, you know, it is your Canadian birthright. If you had any thoughts on the rumors that we're hearing about this expanded 2014 playoff format. Well, um, these rumors are slowly but surely starting to become actual plans, um, at least based on the research that I've done. And I will say this, I'm a major fan of it. I, I think rather than playing out the remaining games of the NHL season, if you just start with that 24 uh, team playoff, first and foremost, I think it's very fair. Um, the bottom couple teams in the NHL, and I'm talking about, uh, you know, I'm talking about the Senators, I'm talking about the Red Wings, um, who are 100% tanking for Alexi Lafreniere, but that's another story. Those teams were basically already mathematically eliminated, but you had a handful of teams, such as the New York Rangers, who were on the bubble uh, and, and so close within around three points or less close to making the playoffs. So I think it, it's very exciting giving those teams uh, who, are, or who are hot, young, up-and-coming teams a chance. Uh, I believe the Rangers would face off against uh, Carolina, actually, and what a matchup that would be. Uh, you got Artemi Panarin starting to heat up. Uh, you got Mika Zibanejad starting to heat up. So I'm a fan of it. Um, correct me if I'm wrong here, Michael, but I believe uh, the first rounds we'll see a couple teams receiving buys, 
uh, with other teams competing in a three, uh, three game or best of three playoff series. And then it will kind of flip towards the regular 16 team playoff. And if that's the case, I'm 100% for it. You know, I want to see another team like Tampa Bay getting knocked off uh, in the first round, <laughs> getting swept, actually. Um, and it's funny, I do say I want to see it. I, I hope it doesn't happen to Tampa because I feel for them. But, you know, we've, we've gone a long time without sports. And I think a lot of people can certainly use, uh, you know, the good nature and the good fortune of, of yelling at a TV, screaming out of passion, because I know if my Rangers make the playoffs, I am going to be extremely excited. And it's not <laughs> just because I can look my best friend in the eye and say, I told you so. <laughs> yeah, but there's an asterisk on it. I mean, I don't know if you can quite look him in the <laughs> eye and tell him that with confidence, but it is what it is. I, all I know is that, you know, from a Leafs perspective, if they get eliminated in those best of three play in matchup, there's going to be rioting in the streets. Like if they end up losing to, I, I think I saw that there's, it would be Montreal who they would play. If they end up losing to Montreal in a best of three and yeah. don't advance to the, the traditional playoffs, the 16 team playoffs like that, that's going to be a problem. And there's going to be a lot of anger in the hockey world. Because like you said, Toronto's the biggest hockey market in the world. Um, and, and I mean, if they're out of the playoffs because of this silly developed playoff format, there's not going to be some happy campers. That's for sure. Um, now that being said, am I for this? I think I am because I think it would be entertaining. And, you know, this year is so kind of a wash anyways. I think if you were going to entertain doing something new and something different, uh, this would be the year to do it. And I also do think that it's not fair for teams uh, such as you know Minnesota um, and 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 the Rangers, who were kind of playing some really good hockey down the stretch and could have went on a big run and ended up making it into the playoffs anyways, and then just kind of cutting them off, say, oh, sorry, we're just going to end the season here prematurely and then only just have the top 16. So I do like the fact that they're rewarding those teams who made a late season push. Um, but at the same time, if you're, let's say, Montreal – you might not want to do it because if you get eliminated in the first round, you now lose out on the opportunity. I think you said based on traditional odds, they would have a 6% chance of landing Lafreniere in the, in the draft lottery. Would you rather take that 6% chance to get a, a French Canadian onto your team? Or would you rather, you know, have to face the juggernaut Maple Leafs and get ousted in two straight games? Great points made there, Michael, 100%. And I think it all comes boiling down to the following being, if you're a team like the Rangers, uh, who certainly had to, I think the Rangers would have had to win something crazy, like at least six out of the last 10 games. But if you're a team who is on the bubble, you're going to love this 24-game playoff series. But also, if you're a team like Boston, and or or even a team like the Leafs, right, uh, who, who wouldn't receive... Uh, that by and then if you lose in that three game series especially after not having played hockey for for two months you're going to be extremely upset so all that to say it definitely does favor some teams and maybe not favor the others yeah it's it's definitely going to be interesting and hopefully we figure it out over the next couple of days and weeks um that 
I, I think we've gone to a point where we are going to get hockey. I don't think it's an if at this point. I think it's a when we're going to get hockey back. And uh, Bob McKenzie said on Overdrive the other day, he's pretty confident that um, there's they're going straight to the playoffs. I know there was talk earlier about trying to finish off the regular season or some part of the regular season. I think now this 2014 playoff kind of negates that need to finish off the season and it kind of makes it fair for everybody if they just expand the playoff here um so it's it, I, it's gonna be it's gonna come and that's what i'm happy about we are gonna see hockey it may not be in the summer which is whatever it is what it is it kind of odd to think about hockey in the summer but at least we're gonna be able to watch it which is gonna be nice exactly right and i mean uh just to kind of briefly touch base on on what we were talking about earlier even if it's in the summer, it's going to help grow the game of hockey, and that's what we need now more than ever. Yeah, 100%. Um, anything that you and Mitch are uh, working on over at Red Cape Sports uh, as far as content goes for the channel that you want to plug? Um, I guess nothing really that, that uh, we'd like to plug um, other than we are working um, diligently, and, and of course when it's safe to do so. Um, probably around maybe August or September, uh, we at least hope to release um, a, an online course via Udemy. Uh, and that's basically going to be a crash course for beginners. Um, and we're going to have uh, some, some pretty big named guests in there. Uh, I, I just don't want to name anyone due to, you know, plans still in circulation. But basically what I'm getting at is we will be releasing uh, an online course uh, for uh, for a pretty reasonable price, it's going to be about 10 hours worth of learning. And, you know, if you have any questions or really anything left unanswered, we're going to break down everything from how to grade your cards, which cards you should purchase, which, uh, which players you can look towards, towards purchasing, how to identify great players, uh, so on and so forth. So that's something that we're looking on. And we're also looking to expand the studio, which is kind of cool. But uh, again, uh, when it's safe to do so. It, it's been pretty difficult throughout this whole coronavirus to to continue uh, uploading episodes. But, you know, at the same time, it's also a pretty good time. Everyone's home and uh, we're just so so thankful and so fortunate for all the positive feedback that we've received. Uh, so with that being said, I definitely want to thank you, Michael, uh, for having me on the show today. Yeah, man, of course. You know, I... Like I said, I stumbled across you guys a couple of months ago and, uh, you know, every every episode you guys drop, whether it's one or a couple of week, you know, I'll tune in and, and, and have a listen. I think that, you know, you and Mitch are uh, are some up and comers, I guess we could say, in the sports investment world. Um, I really enjoy your content. I think it's something that a lot of people enjoy, which is why I want to have you on. You know, I think the the best the best, you know, you say investments or the best products are those that are um basically taking care of a hole in the market and i think for a long time content on sports card flipping or sports card investing is was a hole in the market and and you guys uh you guys are getting on it right i think at the right time as as sports cards start to really pick up you know guys like you know you know jeff wilson and gary v really sp- speaking heavily and and you could just see over the last month how the the hobby has really, really, really exploded too. Oh, for sure. Uh, and I mean, I know that it is a quite cliche saying, but 
there's never been a better time to get in the market than right now. Um, it, it's only going to grow. Um, we've seen a large influx of people coming from fantasy sports and even from the sports gambling side of things. So while the market is just growing, if you can get into it now and then it continues to grow, you're going to be in pretty, uh, pretty good hands. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. You thank everyone for listening and supporting the show. You'd subscribe to Locked On Leafs podcast and all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Bird at Bird Bouchard. And also check out uh, his YouTube, Red Cape Sports, if you enjoyed uh, what you heard today. There's a lot more of that. Bird, thanks so much for joining me today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Michael, and uh, I look forward to hearing from you again. Of course. Want to hear some more NHL Hockey Talk? Be sure to check out the Lockdown NHL Podcast. I'll be back with another Lockdown Leafs show next week. Until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.